Morning, mate. Hello and welcome to uh, welcome to Winner and Bean Talk EPL. Uh, Bean, how you going, buddy? How you going, mate? Good. Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having me, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really well, mate. Uh, just Tuesday night, mate, and um, the weather's warming up up here in uh, in September, mate. It's been great weather today. It's probably been about 17 degrees and. I actually got a little bit sunburned, mate. I was doing some recording uh, for local AFL stuff that I'm doing. And I've actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a red bloody tomato at the minute, mate. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, day, mate. mate. Yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, you know what they say about white boys in the sun, mate. Uh, best to, uh, I was about slip, to say, if... slip, slop and slap, so to speak, yeah. I was about to say, if 17 degrees is um, doing you, mate, then you might struggle here. Yeah, I think it's about 24 now. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, it's the end of winter now, kind of turning into spring, so it's going to start getting warmer. Beautiful days, of course, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, obviously, South Africa and, and Australia got similar climates in that sense. So, um, yeah, yeah, mate. So, uh, obviously, we're here to talk EPL, mate, like we have been the last uh, two weeks, and this is our third episode, mate, and it's been great to sort of build rapport with you and, and talk sport and um, – yeah, mate, it's uh, another weekend's come and gone, and I'll tell you what, what a weekend it was. Um, we'll just kick it off. football. It was a good weekend of football, uh, certainly, mate, and uh, we'll kick it off with, uh, which what I thought was one of the games of the round, but uh, Everton 3-2 over the Wolves. It was uh, close, tough, and electric football. What were your thoughts on that game, uh, Bean? Yeah, it was a good game. Look, Wolves Wolves are a good football side, but they're in a bit of trouble because now they're playing um because they've quali- cause they've cause they've finished last season, they're now playing European football. So they're playing on Thursdays in the Europa League and then they're playing on Sundays in the Premier League. So it's a bit tough for them, you know, because I don't think I think their squad is good and it, I just don't know if it's big enough to cope with playing Thursdays and Saturdays or Thursdays and Sundays. So I think that they've kind of showed that the season as I mean they haven't gotten a win yet this season, so they it shows that they're going to be struggling, and it's going to get worse, you know. Once they, because I mean, they played at Italy on Thursday and then flew back to England on Sunday, but it's going to get worse when they start once they start flying out to Belarus and Russia and further afield in Europe, you know, and then coming back. Certainly. So, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit tough for them, but um, I mean, Everton needed that win as well because they've started really badly. Um, so they'll be happy with that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's what you expected, really. I guess same thing happened to Burnley last season. Um, squads just aren't as big as the likes of Man United and Arsenal, who are also competing in the Europa League, to travel those distances and then come back on the weekend and get the result. Get the result. I thought uh, Raquel, listen, he kicked two goals. He, he kicked the opener at the five-minute mark and um, his second strike at the 80th to really seal the deal. Um, was an epic uh, strike for goal. So, what did you make of his performance on the weekend? You know, it's a good. Um, it's a good. Um, it's funny you say he kicked a goal. I just forget that. Um, AFL AFL talk over there. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, it's all good, mate. I love it. No, I love it, mate. It's it's pretty pretty good. But um, no, look, he was good. Richarlison's. He started off pretty averagely, but he's a good footballer. You know what I mean? Like he's just managed to get himself into the Brazilian squad, um, which is huge for an Everton player. Um. And he's he's playing good football. He just started the season slowly, and I think I think he was starting to come under pressure because he hadn't scored in the first two the first three games. So he kind of needed to to finish off this month with a goal before going away with Brazil. So um, yeah, man, really uh, really happy for him. You know, he's performed really well. And it was a good game to watch as well. I mean, you know, it was Everton score, Watford. I mean, Wolves equalise, Everton score again. Wolves equalise, and then Everton score, and then Wolves couldn't equalise in the end. So it was it was a really interesting game, and yeah. Richarlison definitely stepped it up. Now he's. Uh, we'll get the Liverpool Liverpool game and expect a result. Uh, we'll get it out of the way, yeah. mate. Uh, just nice and early in the podcast. Three, three nil over Burnley um, is what we pretty much expected. Um, your thoughts as a Reds mad uh, supporter? <laughs> to, to be honest, mate, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep this one relatively short. I mean. You know, we said it last week, Liverpool should win this easily and they've done that. So it's like, at the end of the day, Liverpool and Man City are doing what you expect them to do. You know, Burnley away is, is a really tough result, but Liverpool are a different football club this season. And I think them in Manchester City, there's, there's really not much to kind of 
delve into, you know, like not much almost, to add, really. Yeah, it, it really is, and, and like like as a Liverpool fan, you kind of almost feel arrogant going into football games every week because you kind of like, yeah, we're gonna win this. It's just about how much, and um, it, it's a good feeling to have because we haven't had this in a very very long time. So it's a really nice feeling to have, but yeah. We want sort of uh, was expected was expected expected result yeah you sort of uh, yeah you speak about the arrogance uh, well that's how I feel as a Richmond supporter at the moment mate we're one nine in a row and uh, yeah mate we're knocking on heaven's door so to speak so um, we'll see how we go mate just remember that Richmond it's Brisbane a, it's this- a pretty it's a pretty used Mister. It's a pretty used Mister. The back to back last year, didn't you? Um, when you lost oh yeah, we choked here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Prize in the grand final. Yeah, yeah you want to, you want to, you want to remind me of that, dear? Thanks a lot, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, but in no. all fairness, like you, you guys look really good the season before and the following season. Yeah, well, we won. We won a record. Uh, it was twenty six straight at the MCG, which was a which was a league record. You know, no one's ever done that. And then they choked at the final hurdle yeah. to get into grand final. But I think there's a little yeah. bit of Richmond. I think that's a little bit of. Richmond redemption there, and but anyway, we're talking EPL, but that's good banter anyway, yeah. brother. But um, now this this is a really controversial result. I actually posted this on my Winston Sports Media Facebook page, and I feel I feel <coughs> that uh, Villa over Crystal Palace got absolutely robbed. Uh, that was yeah. clear, clearly a goal for me. Um, the the referee paid a a dive a dive with, inside the box um, yeah. when. When really it was a goal. Um, look, I, I know, I know. Look, this is a controversial incident that's happened over the weekend. But you know, uh, Villa were very unlucky, unlucky not to walk away from Crystal Palace with with a one-all draw. Ultimately, Crystal Palace got the win, one uh, 0 Yeah, I mean, Villa have every reason to be aggrieved with that result because, um, <clears throat> you know, this is what VAR was brought into the game for to kind of correct those wrong decisions. And the referee's absolutely bottled it. Like, he's made a really bad call. Because um, you can see as he goes into the box, Jack Grealish takes a bit of a push, maybe shouldn't go down. But he takes a push and then he passes the ball. And then after he's passed the ball, he goes down. And it's like, you can't be cancelling goals because of that. And I think that referee should be ashamed because when it comes down to it in the Premier League, it's all about margins. And if Villa end up going down by a point or maybe two points, it's going to be results like this where they should have got that result and they'd done everything to get the result. They were just flat out robbed by a horrible, horrible refereeing decision. Oh, definitely. And yeah, and it's, it's just disappointing because, because you know, you watch, you watch VAR and, and VAR is calling people off sides for having their armpits in front of another person's leg. And it's just like, if you're calling an armpit off sides and you're cancelling goals for that, but then you're not correcting that call against Jack Grealish. It's it's just it's it defeats the purpose of having VAR. Yeah, it's, isn't it? it's it's like if the technology's there, you got to get it right. And it's the same here in the AFL. Um, it, it, the the goal line technology is, is to correct the howlers, so the the ones that are just completely you know obviously wrong. But yeah. clearly, obviously, that was not a fucking that was not a yellow card to Grealish. That was that no, was just blatantly. You know, and and you heard the you heard the supporters. I mean, they were filthy, yeah, and, they were, and, and they had every every right to be. And you know, away from home, Villa always got a great support. But um, yeah, look, Villa would be <laughs> Villa would be pretty disappointed with that. And and, and the, the it's gone. You know, the uh, the gods, the soccer gods, or the football gods have gone gone against them on that occasion. But but good on Crystal yeah, Palace. They, they walk away with a one 0 victory, and that's two in a row for the boys. Yeah, look, like I'm, I'm not a Villa fan, and by no stretch of the imagination of Villa or a Palace fan, but I was pretty upset when I saw that, and I was just like, you've "Got to be kidding me!" Um, so, I mean, Palace will be happy, you know, like that. That that's that's a great way to follow up a result against Manchester United, you know, to turn around and then go and beat Villa because if they beat Man United and then drop points at home against Villa, they would have been really disappointed. So, big ups to them. I mean, what they're top five now? They're fifth in the log or fourth in the log? I think. Yeah, it's it's incredible, but to be honest, bit bit unlucky for Villa there. I, I, oh, it's it is what it is though at the end of the day. That's it. We'll move on to uh, Man City v Brighton. This was look, we as you said, because yeah. you've 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 basically called it you know the last two podcasts, but Man City four nil victors over Brighton. Obviously Brighton will be struggling to uh stay afloat you know, in the 1920 campaign. So 
much to add on that result or just expected uh, pretty much a straightforward result there? Absolutely nothing to add, mate. I think I stated last week that City would win this four or five goals. Brighton away at City is always going to yield the same results. City are they're, they're a different animal. You can't you can't compare it. You know, like I, I was having a conversation yeah. with someone early on with regards to um, what Manchester City actually is, and um, you, it's it's really tough to compare them to to normal football clubs because they are a state funded organization. Yeah, so they are. You know that they, they they get their money directly from Abu Dhabi. You know the United Arab Emirates, which is the seventh richest country in the world. So it's just it's that's an it's, impressive it's, it's bit, stat. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so I mean, like, if you think they're getting funded by the seventh, I mean, this is this country's richer than Australia. It's richer than Germany. It's richer than the UK. It's richer than the United States. It's richer yeah. than most of Europe. And like they're they're funding Manchester City directly. So it's 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 tough to compete. For anyone to compete on that level, so I mean that's why Liverpool have done really well because it's all of these are companies owned by businessmen and owned by business owners and entre- entrepreneurs, but business owners and people who, you know, who who raise capital to to kind of finance these businesses. And on the other side, Abu Dhabi just, you know, fluctuate the oil price a little bit, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. just pump all. You know, I mean, obviously, that's a bit of a cynical look into it, but it, it is. Day, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can't you can't compete with a club that's got sixty million pounds worth of talent that don't even make the squad. You know, like you can't, guys that are no, earning no. two two hundred fifty thousand pounds a week don't even make the squad. Whereas Brighton. I think you'd be pressed to find anyone on fifty thousand pounds a week at Brighton. So it's 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 a mismatch. And yeah, there's not really much to add there. City won, City were expected to win. It is what it is. I actually like this result. I like what uh, the boys from Leicester are doing. Three one yeah. Three one victors over Bournemouth. Uh, Jamie Vardy finding form, the striker. We all know his uh, story yeah. from a couple of years ago, um, when they obviously won the championship, but uh, you know, um, yeah, he, he opened the account at the 12th minute mark. Uh, Callum Wilson uh, for Bournemouth equalised three minutes later, but then uh, it was uh, Tillemans who they went into uh, yeah. Yeah, 2-1 at time, and then they uh, Vardy finished them off at the 73rd minute mark. So early on in the campaign, we're four weeks in. Hey, Leicester are going all right. I was, uh, you know, I was going to – I was going to – I mean, I didn't want to get – excited and jumping the gun for them but with Brendan Rodgers I think we spoke about this earlier as well with Brendan Rodgers being the best British manager in the Premier League I think Leicester could finish third year I mean it's it's a big um I mean it's going to sound a bit a bit over the top you know to all the Spurs and Arsenal United and Chelsea fans but they're the most stable out of any of those teams um, if you look at Spurs they've won one game in the last 15 games Arsenal have won something like two in the last 15. Man United have won one in the last 11. You know, Chelsea are struggling. So Leicester are really, especially with Brendan Rodgers on board, they're really stringing the results together. The results together. They look quite stable. Looks like losing Maguire hasn't really um, hampered them too much. Obviously, they haven't been tested fully yet. But um, yeah, they're a good side. And I think, um, I think they'll, they'll surprise a lot of people this season. They actually could, could just break into that top four. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting. You never know, mate. Could we be? Yeah, we never know. Well, Vardy was a big part of that 2016 campaign, yeah. so you just never know what can happen in this in this mad world game of football, especially in the English Premier League. Anything is uh, possible. But um, Chelsea would be disappointed coming up against at home yet again and not getting the result two two against Sheffield. Um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, how else can you say it? It's it's. I mean, Abraham kicked the two goals, um, but Robertson and Zuma were, were able to. Zuma was able to equalise uh, late in the piece, well, 89th, 89th minute, and um, you go. Yeah, Zuma scored the own goal at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, mate. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty deflated, Chelsea supporter. So, I don't know, mate. You're the expert analyst on this on this show. So you got to tell me about why Chelsea is struggling. Look, I think, I think bringing on Lampard <clears throat> at this stage in his career was, was always going to be a big gamble. Um, and then on top of that, he's now gambling with youth. 
So I think Chelsea at the moment are taking two very big gambles. They're gambling on an experienced manager and then he's now gambling on inexperienced players, which is, it, it doesn't work. I mean, not, not, not immediately at least, maybe in the long run it'll work. But I think for the next season, two seasons, Chelsea are going to struggle. And, you know, this whole youth project that Chelsea is on is kind of goes against what Chelsea is as a football club because they... Obviously, before 2004, they were the Chelsea that everyone knew. But after 2004, they got bought by Roman Abramovich and they started becoming these massive spenders. And they would they became synonymous with buying finished product, pretty much like what Man City are. You know, they, if they have a problem, they'll just buy someone else from a big team and they'll just put them in that position. So that's what's kind of led Chelsea to be in the position that they've been of winning trophy after season, season after season after season. Um, so to now completely try and turn that around to now promoting youth and an experience it's a bit of a risky it's a bit of a risky gamble and I think City may I mean Chelsea might be in for a few tough seasons like I said I like Frank but um, I like Tammy Abraham Tammy Abraham I like Mason Mount I just think maybe I love uh, love Mason Mount oh he's good mate he's really good he's Um, quality he's a young gun but he's Oh, he's coming up to that more experienced stage of his career, but he's, um, yeah, I like I like what he, yeah, he's a product, he's a yeah, Chelsea great product. So, yeah, look, and I think I think I think Chelsea have also got a bit of issues because um, <clears throat> their support base, to be honest, I, mean, I know you're a Chelsea fan, but their support base haven't really covered themselves in glory, to be honest. Because um, last season, you know, they gave they gave um, what's his name, Mauricio Sarri, a really hard time and essentially hounded him out the club, booing him every game. Now they've brought Frank Lampard in. Um, I don't know if you watched the, the Super Cup Liverpool-Chelsea when Tammy, Tammy Abraham missed the penalty and he came in for some racial abuse from the Chelsea fans, from his own fans. Yeah, I did. Then, you yeah, know, now, yeah, I, I was yeah, aware now, of that. Yeah, mate, yep. Yeah, so now he's scoring goals and now the fans are on his side. Now Kurt Zuma scores the own goal on the weekend. Now he starts coming in from racial abuse from his own fans. So it's just, it's a bit tough because because these players have the opportunity to kind of, you know, they're being given the opportunity by the manager to step it up, but their fans just keep holding the club back. And I mean, you know, well, ta- I mean, yeah. like, well, yeah, well, I mean, we'll dig, we'll probably, we'll dig into this a bit later on. Um, Certainly, you know, yeah, we will. Abraham thing, he, yeah, Tammy Abraham's a 19-year-old kid or 18, I don't know, I think yeah, 18-year-old well, kid. I mean, what what if, if you support the football club, what's abusing? And anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dig into that later. We'll dig into that, mate. Yeah, it's I a think... huge it's a huge talking point later in the podcast. Uh, but yeah, 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 we, we think... can bring we can bring this and set it up. And I've got a couple of and I'd like to we, we're gonna we're gonna speak open openly, succinctly, and hopefully we can uh, educate a few people out there uh, about this issue. But we'll move on. We'll get to that a bit later, yeah. mate. West yeah, Ham. West Ham, mate. What did you think? 2-0, uh, expected result over Norwich. Um, yeah, what did you think you, of... You, you would say it's expected, but, I mean, the way Norwich has started, you know, the way Norwich has started, you were kind of like, oh, this could be tricky for West Ham. But if you looked at it, maybe at the start of the season, West Ham at home to Norwich should always be an easy result. Mind you, um, in, a, in front of a huge crowd too, 59,950 there yeah. uh, down at West Ham. They've got a, an amazing uh, supporter base. Yeah, the Olympic Stadium. I think um, West Ham, have, you know, th- th- there's been big kind of issues around that stadium because it, it doesn't have the atmosphere of a proper football stadium. I mean, you've been to London before, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so like, I mean, I don't know if you see the Olympic Stadium. It's a beautiful stadium, but it's not a football stadium. It was built for the London Olympics. And if you compare that stadium to, to all the other stadiums in, in, in England where the fans are right on top of the... You know, whereas at the Olympic Stadium, you've got a huge little ring around the stadium. It's kind of almost like an Italian stadium where there's a big gap between... Um, the players and the fans, the atmosphere doesn't seem to resonate as much as it does, as it did in their previous ground. So this season, it feels like the West Ham fans are finally starting to embrace their new stadium. Um, you know, they're really starting to take, like, accept that, you know, they're playing at the Olympic Stadium. This is yeah, what it is. It, it is, yeah. It's, it's similar to here when we, we have sort of unusual, unusual events at the MCG. And, you know, uh, we even had the basketball at, um, at Marvel Stadium. Uh, which yeah. holds about 60,000, but it's built for AFL. You know, it's an oval shape. 
Yeah. Uh, they play cricket there. It's got a it's got a roof as well. It's got a retractable roof. So if it's raining, oh yeah, MCG is great, mate. Yeah, it's like, great. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. But yeah, at it, uh, Marvel Stadium, uh, you know, they had the basketball. Uh, they had a big event here a couple of weeks ago. It was um, Australia v the USA. And yeah, yeah. mate, like it's just it's just not built for for other events. Do you know what I mean? And like they try yeah. to like put like setting around on the you know on the actual ground, but it didn't work. And there was now there's like a lawsuit because it's like false advertising. People pay like seven hundred bucks for courtside seats. And they couldn't even see any of the action because the actual court and the basketball was actually elevated. So, you, yeah. you know, you, you imagine you, you've got a, you know, a whole bunch of plastic seats. So you're looking up. So, and then a whole bunch of people sitting in front of you. So therefore you can't even see the action. So yeah, look, stadiums, horrible, mate. stadiums, stadiums are always tricky. Um, and if they're not actually built for the design purpose, well, yeah, I mean, it, the product is going to be, is going to suffer for that reason. But yeah, uh, I liked uh, what I saw from Watford. Um, look, I know we're talking about lesser teams as far as they're not going to be really contending here, but from what I saw from Watford... It's an interesting one. Uh, interesting result. Um, they went over to Newcastle 1-0, and I thought, you know, they they opened the, they opened the account through Will Hughes at the early in the piece at the two-minute mark. Um, probably a little bit lucky Newcastle uh, replied late in the, uh, late in, the uh, in the first half. Um, but uh, through Shah, but also I like what what Ford brought to the table, especially away from home. Yeah, look, I mean, these two are going to be relegation. This is this is a relegation battle, but obviously it's happened early on in the season. But I, I think Newcastle and Watford are going to be fighting for relegation. So it was it was important for Watford to go away and not lose because they've struggled this season. You know, they haven't. Um, that was their first result this season. They've lost. They've lost their first three games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and r- rock bottom. You know, rock bottom at the bottom of the league. So it was very important for them to just be like, look, let's go away from home at a fellow. Because I think Newcastle will probably struggle as well. So it's important for them to go away and just not lose. Like, you know, that that point could mean a lot come the end of the season. So yeah, I mean. Really good for them. Quite happy for them. You know, it, it opens it up because you don't want to see too many teams falling away too early in the season. Because if they were on no points after four games, then it would have been really, really tough for them. It would have been tough to see, you know, a way out. Now, at least they're on the board. They've got a point on the board. They're only two game, two points from safety. It's still early in the season, but you just don't want teams falling away too early because you want that exciting kind of relegation and, you know, higher up in the table battle. Certainly, uh, you you said that very well, Bean. And um, now, look, this is the game of the round. Uh, this is the one I asked you about last week, the North London derby, and it lived up yeah. to expectation, mate. Oh boy, did it live up to expectation! And um, it was the away, you know, the Spurs. They came across Tottenham. Uh, Christian Eriksen, quality striker, as we know, he opened the account at the tenth minute mark. And then Harry Kane put a penalty in the back of the onion bag at the 40th minute. Um, they, were leading it, they were leading 2-1 at half time, and they looked a better side. Um, obviously, uh, Lacassette Le- uh, kicked um, a late one late in that first half uh, in time yeah. on. Um, but, yeah, what did you make of the result, mate? Two all. Um, Arsenal certainly did well to get back because it was, it was literally a game of two halves. It was... It was all Tottenham in the first half, and then it was all yep. Arsenal, the Gunners, in the second half. Look, mate, North London derby is the best derby in the Premier League, isn't it? It's the best derby in Britain, actually. I think it's, it's probably better than Celtic Rangers as well. <clears throat> because of the fact that the two teams are so evenly matched, especially now that Spurs are slightly better than Arsenal, it's, you, know, you, you kind of know it's going to be a really tough, intense game. There's always going to be goals. It's always going to be excitement. There's always going to be something going on. I think last season, um, was it at the at the Emirates? Yeah, last season Spurs were leading two Emirates one at point. Yeah, yeah, at the Emirates, Spurs were leading two one and ended up losing four two. Um, at at Tottenham Stadium, you know, Arsenal took the lead, Spurs equalised, and then Arsenal missed a late penalty. You know, so I think I, I really like this game. It's I mean, I'm not I'm not an Arsenal nor am I a Spurs fan, but I really really like this game because I think it always provides value for money and um yeah what a game at the end of the day i think 
I think Arsenal's defence shot itself in the foot because that first goal shouldn't have really been a goal. That second goal as well, the Kane penalty, Shaka should never be making that tackle in the box. Um, Arsenal shot themselves in the foot with their defence. And then obviously, as per usual, their attack bails them out. And I think that's what it's going to be for Arsenal for most of the season, as it's been for Arsenal for the last couple of years. Is the attack does really well. The defence should shoot itself in the foot and it's kind of like a balancing out of what the attack and what the defense can do um with regards to yeah with regards to spurs i think spurs are in trouble um they'll look from a spurs perspective they'll be happy in that they've gone and they've taken a draw at arsenal away and they've taken a draw at man city so they'll be very happy with those two results however this team hasn't won a football game has won sorry has won one football game since I think it's March or something. So like, it's been a long time and Spurs have been struggling for a very long time, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, I think they'll be, they'll be a bit disappointed to have let a two goal lead slip and yeah, it's disappointing think, for them. We, we've kind of, we kind of, well, we didn't hang out David uh, Lewis out to dry last week, but obviously he had, he had a bad week on the pitch. He basically got turned inside out. Uh, a yeah. couple of times last week, but I thought his performance was a hell of a lot better this week, and I thought he really stood up playing uh, at centre back uh, there on the weekend. What, what were your thoughts on his game? Yeah, look, David, David Luiz is like, as, as I said, like he's he's a good footballer. You know, like when he's on the ball, he's really, really good, and he's really threatening. And that's what that's what Arsenal were against Spurs is they had a lot of the ball, they were pushing forward. You know, they were peppering the Spurs goal, so David Luiz could kind of step in and look a little bit more commanding than he did against Liverpool because obviously when you play at Anfield you're going to play without the ball even Man City plays without the ball against Liverpool so it's like same with Barcelona actually so it's, it's, quite, it's quite tough so you, you, can't, you can't judge David Lewis on what he did against Liverpool because most defenders would get I mean maybe this is maybe the Liverpool arrogance coming out but like most defenders will Certainly get skinned. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, just, just just talking from the numbers, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, in, in all honesty, most defenders will get skinned at Anfield. Like, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino. That that's just what happens. So I think I think David Luiz is he's good for what Arsenal for when Arsenal have the ball. But against Liverpool, Manchester City, away at Spurs, maybe away at Man United, away at Chelsea. It's maybe going to come in under a bit of pressure, but yeah, secure performance from him. It was a really good performance. I think I think their mistake came in from that um, from the midfield a lot more, where Shaka should never have tackled, should never have slid in in the box for the penalty. And I think it was Guendouzi who gets passed for the first goal and a bad like a bad um, save from Jared Leno. He just palms it into Christian Eriksen's feet. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, it'll be interesting because like I, I think the the main um, not the main, but one of the interesting battles this season, obviously, will be the Liverpool-Man City, but Arsenal-Tottenham, because like, I'm really intrigued to see who finishes higher this season. It's not that easy to say Tottenham anymore, and it's not that easy to say Arsenal, so it's going to be really interesting. And that's why we love football, because uh, it's always the unknown. But uh, four weeks in, mate, um, it's been some great, great football, and, and that one lived up uh, to all expectations. So we'll move on. Yeah. Um, now, this is where we're going to get into uh, some, uh, you know, some worldly issues here, mate, because it's it's a real issue, and it's still happening in 2019. And uh, I think it's improved uh, over the yeah. years, but it's still a, it's still an issue, and it's it's got to be talked about, mate. There's no other way to fucking. But anyway, look, we'll, we'll get into the result first, and then we'll talk about what happened in, during that game. But uh, um, obviously, the man you go, uh, one all. Um, yeah. What you, what you make of? Uh, look, I, I thought I'll just just watching the game. Just uh, forget about what, what else we're about to talk about. I forget it. Well, we won't talk about that for now. But Daniel James, um, he played a cracking. Like he he was everywhere. Every time they they were attacking Man United, he was uh, yeah he was up front. He was doing all sorts of things up front. So. Yeah, he played a fantastic game. Yeah, look, Daniel James has really embraced that move, hasn't he? Because that's a that's a move of your career to move from Swansea to Manchester United, and he's really embraced. And I think he's possibly him and Juan Bissaka actually are possibly the only Man United players that come away with any credit so far in the first four games. 
Daniel James has just been absolutely immense. And um, that goal, he t- like the confidence he takes his goals with, it, it's incredible that, you know, he's a young lad and he's come in and he's essentially dragging that team by the, you know, by the ear. Because, you know, the, the people you'd expect to be leading the team, the likes of Paul Pogba, Juan Mata, um, I think Nemanja Matic, who else? Um, David De Gea. They're all the ones who looking a bit dodgy. You know, it's, it's Daniel James, the, the young new signing, who's actually stepped up and been like, all right, well, since no one else is performing, I'll fucking do it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, really happy for him. Um, he's done really well. But Man United as a football club, I think, as I said last week, is that they're getting it all wrong. They've been getting it wrong since Alex Ferguson left, and they're going to continue mm. to get it wrong for, for a while. Um, you know, the, the idea of, of Solskjaer managing Man United still, to me, is the most absurd thing ever. Because if Man, mm-hmm. United, had, if Man United had brought Steve Bruce in to manage the club, everyone would have looked at them and been like, are you out of your mind? What are you doing? You know, they would have been laughing stock. But they're brought in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But when you kind of put them next to each other, you know, who's the bigger Man United legend? Solskjaer or Steve Bruce, who actually captained the club? Who's got better and more managerial experience? Solskjaer or Bruce is actually managing the Premier yeah, exactly League right. longer. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, so Solskjaer has, is less of a Man United legend and he's got less managerial experience, yet they've given him the job. But if they'd given that job to Steve Bruce, everyone would have lost their absolute collective minds. So that whole, that whole thing kind of, to me, doesn't make sense, but it's not the club I support, so I don't really care. But, um, but yeah, like, like the, the whole thing with Man United, I think, I think you know, their issue of, of entrusting their goal scoring to Rashford and Martial is stupid. Because um, Rashford, I think Rashford scored, I think he's never scored 10 goals in a season. In his, I, can, I, know he's, I know he's still a youngster, he's 19, but he's never scored more than 10 goals in his career. Um, I think he scored something like three goals from open play in the last 21 games. It's just atrocious from your main striker. Um, and Martial as well, I don't think it's really that good. And I think this, this kind of comes into kind of, it makes you think like, like why did they let go of Lukaku? Because Lukaku's banging them in in Italy. You know, like he, he played when he, when, he, when he went to Inter, his first game was a preseason friendly. And I think he scored a couple of goals in, in the preseason friendly. Then in the first game against, yeah, he, mate, look, look, I, I know he gets, he gets a lot of, like there's a lot of banter about him because he, he was overweight. He is overweight. I mean, the guy weighed 107 kilograms. Like he, he was huge. He's an absolute unit. Like he's massive. And I think he just kind I'll, of... I'll, I'll, I'll weigh about that, 107 kilos. <laughs> yeah, but mate, yeah, but mate, you're not a professional, you're not a professional sportsman, are you, mate? Yeah, like, that's you know, true. Getting, no, no, that's get, true. Getting paid, getting paid 300,000 pounds a week. Like, you know, so, so, so the man was um, 107, 107 kilograms for a striker is just... And obviously that, that like he's huge. He's a very muscular guy, but a lot of it was unnecessary body fat which slows him down which kind of hampers his turn so United let him go which I still think he was their best goal scorer stupid to let him go you know he went to Inter scored goals in his, on his um, pre-season friendly debut scored goals in the first game against Lecce he was very um, I mean I watched I've been, I've been watching Inter I've been following Inter quite, um, quite closely this season so far actually and the first game against Lecce away from home um, no sorry it was at the San Siro he was looking good. Um, Lukaku was all over the show. You know, he scored a goal. He was setting up. He was linking up well. Um, and, you know, you, you watched him this week against Cagliari as well, you know, obviously where the, where the racial issues came in. Man got himself a goal. He made a nuisance of himself. It's bumping. Like, that's what Man United are lacking at the minute. And the fact that they played for 20 minutes against 10 men against Southampton and they couldn't get the result is just atrocious. You know, uh, it and, is, and, and it sums up where they are. And, and Vestergaard, obviously, he spoke of Daniel James. He scored first, but uh, Vestergaard, he he's obviously... He's a unit he, as well, mate. Yeah, you know, he's, a, he's a large lad, isn't he? And he that, was a classy, that was a classy finish to, to equalise the game. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, it, it, everything that you've just said sums it up uh, to a T. Like, that's exactly where... Man United are currently at the minute, and and it's there's varying issues, and unfortunately for them, if if they think they can climb the top of the mountain this year, they they're probably kidding themselves. Yeah, shouldn't have got like we laugh about it, but they shouldn't have got rid of Lukaku. They shouldn't have got rid of Alexis Sanchez. Yes, yeah, Sanchez has been shit at United, but 
he's still more of a goal threat, I think, than Anthony Martial and what's his name? Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood. You know, like, I understand promoting youth. I understand kind of giving youth a chance and, you know, exposing them. But when you're going to, you know, have Rashford leading the line and then his deputy being a 17-year-old, you're going to struggle to keep up the pace. And you, you could see when Man United, when, when, when Southampton got the red card, you would have expected Man United to at least push, you know, like push for that extra goal, at least be knocking on the door. Not once did it look like Man United were going to win it. For 20 whole minutes against 10 men, not once did they assert their, their dominance. Not once did they say, all right, we've got it now. Let's go fucking win this. Not once. You know, and like yep. Vestergaard, the man's an absolute unit. Vestergaard's huge. And like, I think, I mean, obviously you don't want to, you know, overtalk it too much, but I think he's kind of built in a, in a very Virgil van Dijk mode, you know, like model. And mold, sorry. And um, you just look at him, fucking man's a unit, scores good headers. You know, he's very commanding in the box. Like a club like Arsenal would benefit so much if they sacked off Mustafi or someone and got that guy in. Because I think he can play. That little, I think he's Danish or sweet, nice Danish. And I, I think he, he's actually really good. But yeah, United couldn't cope. Nothing surprising, really. They're, they're going to have a shit season. I, as I said, I think them, Chelsea, are going to struggle. Um, yeah. Arsenal, Spurs will probably fight with Leicester now for that third spot. Yeah, it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Now, mate, uh, thanks, for the, for, thanks for the analysis uh, through all the games over the weekend related yeah. to the English Premier League. It's been a great, another great chat. But uh, I think this is an issue that's um, beyond football. It's, uh, it's a world issue. It's a racial issue. And um, certainly uh, yourself, uh, being a proud African man that you are, um, Lukaku, dealing, as you mentioned before, uh, racial vilification, dealing with... Uh, fans, you know, um, the incident that's happened over the weekend in the Italian Serie A. Um, yeah. Uh, what's your views on it, mate? Because as I mentioned before, look, uh, personally, I'm, I haven't got a racist bone in my body, but, you know, like uh, among mates, I've got like indigenous mates here in Australia and, you know, uh, I've been guilty of it in the past where, you know, it's like casual racism. Like you'll say, you almost like stereotype a certain type of person. Right, yeah. but it's more like uh, banter between your mates over a couple of beers, like whatever you're going to say. Um, but, you know, I kind of realised, you know, probably in my late 20s that even that's probably, like, you're pushing the line, you, you're crossing the line and, you, you know, you don't know, unless you know the person, regardless whether you don't know the person or not, it's not really the right thing to do. And um, for fans to be blatantly yelling uh, racial, disgusting uh, words across the the fence and, and these are his own fans as well. Like it's not like it's the opposition. I'm sure the opposition do it as well, but um, where do you stand on, on this issue, mate? Because certainly uh, it's a big issue here in Australia, um, you know, with uh, the indigenous population and, and varying other, very other, varying other nations that come across to live here as we are a pretty multicultural society here in Australia. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just not good enough. Uh, and I just, I just think, yeah, it's worth a chat, mate. Because um, you know, if it's not ex- if it's not acceptable in the law of the land, as far as you know, we live in a free society here in South Africa, Australia, the US, England, all, all the Western societies. Well, then yeah. surely it's not good enough on the football pitch. Yeah, look, mate. Like it's going to be quite tough to kind of solve world issues of racism in, in, in a couple of minutes on a podcast. But you know, at least we can have a chat about it and discuss what's happened and like. So I, I think what happened at Cagliari with um <clears throat> with with Romelu Lukaku was was standard. <laughs> it's hundred percent standard. Like you know you, you standard, want you yeah. want a lot. It, it's standard, mate. Like like Cagliari. It happens. It happens week in week out. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Like they, they did it last year to Moise Keane. You know for um when they played Juventus, and he scored that winning goal. And then the fans, like, because the fans were berating him, you know, making monkey chants and like doing this and yeah. doing that. And yeah. He scored the goal. And then he, after he scored the goal, he's gone up to them and be like, yes, now what, you know? And then the problem came in with the handling of the situation. Because, like, this, this has been happening for a while. It, it's happened to Koulibaly last season. It's happened to Sully Montari. It's happened to Samuel Eto. It's happened to um, <clears throat> Mario Balotelli. It's happened to. Moise Keane, Romelu Lukaku, almost every prominent black player that plays their football in Italy will 
at some stage in their life go through this. Even Kevin Prince Boateng had a really, really bad issue for AC Milan a few years back where he picked the ball up during the match and just decided to walk off. So It happened to, this- from memory, and it also happened to my favourite player, Didier Drogba, as well, uh, several years ago, probably more than a decade ago, but it probably happened even more yeah, recent look- times before before he retired, okay. but it, it, that happens, yeah. Yeah, look, it happens, and like especially in Italy, it, it's tough because, like, because, like, I mean, you know, for my time in London, mate, like, I, I lived with a bunch of Italians. I fucking love Italians, mate. Like, all my mates from Napoli and all of that. Really, really <laughs> top lads. Really, really, really good human beings. But you that's know, right. Yep. The, the the problem is on a football field, a lot of things that aren't socially acceptable become acceptable. You know, and 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 that's the issue because everyone kind of feels they need to kind of unsettle, you know, unsettle um, the opposition. So you'll, you'll have... Especially when they're a gun player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's kind of like, you know, you want to unsettle him because if you don't, you're going to lose. He's going to hurt you. So it's kind of the same thing when, when Liverpool play Man United, Steven Gerrard would touch, touch the ball. All the United fans shout, you scouse bastard, you scouse bastard. You know, the only difference is scouse isn't a race. It's exactly the same thing as what the Italians are doing, you black bastard, or whatever, you black, you know. It's, it's the same thing, just that, you know, that's what fans, all of a sudden in their head, they, they kind of switch off and they start thinking, all right, well, this is acceptable, you know, or, oh, referee, you can't, or you know what I mean? Like, like people yeah, start not, really, yeah. on the football field, they start to say, like, you know, in a stadium, people behave in a way, like, it, it's almost like people become very tribalistic animals, where it's like, it's like you don't it give is, a fuck. Yeah. That guy's wearing different colors to the colors I'm wearing. So therefore, I'm going to find anything about him to abuse him, you know, and, and, that's, and that's an issue. And I think... That's oh, a big issue. To, to me, it's fucking disgusting. Like, as yeah, I said, like, I mean, I'm guilty of casual racism. I haven't got a racist bone in my body. But, you know, like, you know, if you wanted to sort of succinctly say, oh, you know, have you ever said anything racist? Well, the answer is yes, I have, but not in a derogatory way. You know, it's being with mates over banter, over beers, sort of, generalizing a race, but not really with any uh, ill intent, if that makes sense. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. Like, obviously, as I said, it's, it's going to be tough to kind of um, deconstruct oh, yeah. the racial, like, like, you know, issues, you know, but like, on, on, especially on a societal level, because obviously you'll, you'll have moments where, you know, like I, I've had a few Aussie mates, like really good mates that I've traveled with, like traveled Mexico with a few of my Aussie mates and met some good lads out there. You know, like, like you know, you, you'll share a bit of banter, and, you know, like, like I've shared a bit of banter myself with, like, with Indian mates or with, with Mexican mates and stuff. And exactly. It's, they, it's they, not, they, it's they, not they, a... There's a big... Yeah, they, I mean, I mean they, there's a big difference between, between me going to, like, one of my good mates and be like, oh, what's going on, you Mexican? You know, like, as a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly and right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 100%, bro. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 We're on the same level. We, we know what we're saying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, or, like, or like, my mate, or, you know, like, my Aussie mate, you know, like, you know making jokes, there's a big difference between that and you fucking bust. You know what I mean? Like, like on a football fucking, field. Yeah, you. yeah, on a football field, looking specifically to unsettle someone, to kind of break them down. And look, it happens. And the problem is, it's, it's the lowest common denominator, isn't it? It's, 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 it's I mean... It shows where someone's at, really. Like, if they got the, prepared to go that low, it really shows the character. Well... Yeah, well, as you say, it, it becomes almost like a tribal sort of gang yeah, mentality, you know? Like, but it shows really, like, it does show, like, sometimes you cross the line, but but when it's in the gang mentality, like, these footballers, this is what their job is. It's not like they're going to work like me and you and into an office or a fucking truck or yeah. whatever. Unfortunately, you know, there's 60,000 people and a bunch of hundreds of millions of people watching them around the world. And um, it's pretty so fucking I'm- sad. It's just fucked. So it's, it's, yeah, go. It's Sorry. fucked, bro. It's fu- no, 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 no worries. It's fucked, bro. I think. I think the issue as well is, is the fact that people don't view footballers as humans, right? Because they don't live a life that you know, a life that we comprehend, that we understand. We don't know what it's like to to be making a hundred thousand pound a week. You know, we don't know what it's like to to spend your day sitting on a yacht. You know, like you know what I mean. Like like most of us. Don't I mean, I sit now watch football and I look at the likes of Virgil van Dijk. He's five years younger than me, but I look at him and I like you know when I look at him, I see this fucking figure. But he's he's a fucking little kid, you know. He's five years younger than me. 
he, he's just really good at kicking the ball, but and a lot of people kind of have. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's probably an understatement. Don't insult the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's fucking the best. He's the best football. Yeah, player. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Football in the world at the minute, mate. But um, but look, but you know, but you know what I'm saying though. It's 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 quite hard to to view footballers and sportsmen in general as normal human beings because they don't live the same life as the rest of us. So yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people in the stadium also aim abuse, especially online on Twitter. I mean, it's on on social media. It's been happening oh, for a lot. Like... Of, it's been happening in England, uh, like. Ridiculous! Almost every week this season, you know, it's happened to Kurt Zuma this last week. Happened to Tammy Abraham. It happened to um, what's his name? Ah, oh, disgusting. Marcus Rashford, Paul Pogba. Rashford. People can't. Pogba, yeah. yeah, Rashford. Yeah, they copped a whole. As you said before, in the Italian league, he's copped an absolute earful over the last like seven years, mate. Like, yeah. um, you know, so and, people, like, it doesn't just. Think, it, it go. But the go. thing thing is people people think that oh this guy's making two hundred thousand pounds a week words can't hurt him you know and it's like well calm the fuck down can. mate yeah so it's like it's like calm the fuck down mate he's you know and and i think also that the way that it's being dealt with is is a bit stupid and that when cagliari first of all when they were making the monkey chance at at moise keen last year his own teammates and his own manager were like look he should have handled it differently and everyone's like, wait, what the fuck, mate? Like, he's just got abused by 60,000 people and you're blaming him. And his own manager, his own teammates like, yeah, but he's a professional footballer. But it's like, yeah, but yep. he's still a fucking human being, mate. Like, you can't, like, he, like, so that's the problem with it in, in Italy specifically. Like, even the Cagliari president was like, oh, I didn't hear anything. You guys are over-exaggerating. But it's like, mate, turn the team, like, YouTube it, mate. Just YouTube Cagliari Juventus. You'll you'll hear it clearly. Um, same with the Inter. Same with the Inter um, Cagliari game this weekend. Was I like Antonio Conte? But I think his comments were a bit stupid. Where he was like, "Oh, I didn't hear anything." It's like, mate, what do you mean you didn't hear anything? There's videos all over fucking YouTube, Twitter, yeah. wherever. Just 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 put in all you all anyone needs to do is just go to YouTube, put in Cagliari Inter Milan. And then, or, or go to Twitter and you'll see videos and, of just like the stadium and people like, and it's like, how think, do you say that as the manager? Like, oh, I didn't hear anything. It's like, you, I think, you, you know, I think people as like, as a, like a fan base, as a supporter base, I think if, yeah. if the manager just said it how it was and just like, Forget sort it, of like, yeah. yeah, that's right. Said how it was, at least you could like sort of accept it and then not necessarily move on, but it's like, okay, at least you acknowledged it. Do you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, you know, rather than just, oh, no, nah, just, no, nah, what are you talking about? That didn't happen. Like, it's like, you know, I'll admit I've been casually racist before, but not, not in a, in a, you know, an intent, you know, not in a discriminatory intent way. It's, it's, it's banter at the end of the day. And, and, you know, it's not, yeah, like, yeah, it's a different kind of, yeah, we, we spoke about it before, but yeah. And I think yeah, but- people would show him, I think people would show him more respect if you just said it how it was. And then it'd be like, okay, well, how can we improve it? Or, you know, do you know what I mean? Look, mate, like I think I think there's um there's a difference as we say there's a difference between casual like 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 for example like like making comments on someone's on someone's physical features. You know, like 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 I mean we had like I mean in my school and in, in the high school, like we had this guy who was visibly darker than everyone else and we called him Blackie. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like and then and there was another white guy who's like typical, your typical redhead, ginger, very pale white guy, call him white. And it's like, Whitey. it's like, Lucky yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, but yeah. no, but that, that's really it. And it's, it's, a, it's the same as the Argentinians will call someone who's slightly bigger, gordo or fatty, or someone who's, who's skinnier, like flaco or like skinny, you know, like it's, it's just, there's nothing wrong it's common with, sense. with, it's common sense. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with joking around about someone's physical features, obviously provided it doesn't break them down as a human being. Um, like if, if, yeah, like like if, if you if you joke around with someone based on their physical features and, and they're okay with it and like you're okay, with it, it's it's kind of good natured fun. There's a big difference between yeah that and being like, oi, you fucking black cunt. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, that's right. Or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. you fucking Muslim or you Muslim fucking this or that. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of speaking of you know like a perfect example, we're going over time this, but we'll we'll wrap it up. But the perfect yeah. example, we'll move away from the the black example. African yes. example, you know, um, Jimmy so Dermers. Muslims, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Dermers, uh, who played for Sweden, 
Obviously, yep. he's not your typical so-called Swede. St- stereotypical Swede. Blonde hair, yep. blue eyes, uh, lean and tall, and you know, white boy, good looking, so to speak. Um, he, he, in a way, he cost. It was a one-all. It was late yeah, in the game was, in the yeah. World Cup. It was game one, uh, yep. and then. Germany went back and I can't, you might have to remember, someone scored the goals, a miraculous, fuck, it was a ridiculous, cross. yeah, cross, that's right, and yeah. uh, kicks the goal and then, mate, the Swedes turned on him like a, like, you know, Sunday, bloody Sunday, if you know what I'm saying, like, you know, he's, he's uh, an Assyrian, obviously, background, yeah. but he was born refugee, in Sweden, he was raised, family, well, yeah. sorry, yeah, he was a refugee, but I think he uh, went to Sweden at about the age of seven, and was raised yeah. a Swede, speaks Swedish, grew up in uh, grew up in Stockholm, yeah, completely. And and, and the same example is uh, Ibrahimovic. Uh, he he grew up in Malmo, and he used yeah. to cop racial abuse week in week out from Malmo FF. And yeah. you know, uh, Malmo is the third biggest uh, city within within Sweden. But you know, like yeah. that's what I'm saying. It happen. It's not just an African thing. It's it happens. Racism fucking happens across all nations across the world, and it's as you said, we can't we can't solve world issues in a ten minute podcast. Um, but um, yeah, look, people are stupid, mate. Look. Yeah, and look, I, but it's but it's good to talk about. I think it's a great talking point. Hundred percent, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it happens like it happened with Mesut Ozil as well. When um, you know, when he when he won the World Cup with Germany. Everyone fucking loves him. You know, he's the best player in the world. He's this and that. 20, I mean, 2010. And, and, um, the one in Brazil. Um, you were there, weren't you? No. Weren't you in Brazil? You were in Brazil, weren't you? Oh, 2014. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. When Germany won that one. Um, and then Mesut Ozil was in the squad and everyone was like, fucking love this man. He's fucking brilliant. Great. Had a bad tournament. I think it was the Euros afterwards. And then everyone's just like, oh, you know, you're actually not even really German, you fucking Muslim cunt, you Turkish. But like, and it's like, <laughs> fucking hell, mate. It's just, it's just like, like, calm down. You. Yeah. yeah, it's like, fucking hell, mate. Like, like just fucking relax, bro. Like, I, I, I think that's the issue with people as well, is just people just need to calm the fuck down. You know, like, yeah, man. like you lose a football game, you lose a football game. Like, like there's, there's no need to try and, like, fucking break someone's... Because I think that's what a lot of people are. It's just like... They're angry. They're, cause I've been angry as well. Like you know, when you get angry and you throw your phone across the room, and like I remember when, like when I first got my missus. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I remember when I first got my missus, and like we were walking around London and watching, and Liverpool were playing Southampton. But you know, like like I, we weren't watching it, so we were sitting at a pub. And then I remember Liverpool were two 0 up, and I was like, "Fuck!" This is when Sadio Mane was still playing for Southampton and Virgil Van Dijk, mind you. So I was like, "Fucking yeah, two 0 up!" And then next thing, fucking. Like we're sitting, we're having, you know, we're sitting, having a bit of lunch. And then I take the score and I see 3-2 Southampton. And I was oh, like, no. what? Yeah, fuck. Like, what the fuck, bro? And I just threw my phone in a fucking packed pub, mind you. Like Sunday Sunday lunch, you know, me sitting there. With oh, jeez. Yeah, bro. And I just threw my phone against the wall. And it's like, yeah, obviously I look back and I'm like, fuck, that was stupid. Because all I did was I cost myself a bit of money to replace the phone. Because like, it doesn't change anything. And I think, I think that's what people do, right? When, when, when sports results go bad, people get upset <laughs> and, and, and then oh, they want to get their frustration out. And then you end up because some people are obviously more stupid than other, because obviously not all human beings are of equal intelligence. Some people are more stupid than other people. So they, their automatic reaction is where one person might be throwing the phone phone. One person's maybe fucking getting into a fight. Another person's reaction is fucking abusing someone looking to break someone down. So it's just like, People need I to love a the biff. Down. I love a biffo in London, mate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the amount of punch-ons I saw in like I was uh, staying in in Birmingham for yeah. quite a while, probably around five weeks. Um, and the amount of punch-ons I go out. There's not much to do in Birmingham, by the way. It's, it's pretty much fuck all to do there, but yeah. except for drink, <laughs> except for drink pints. But like, I, I remember the whole club. I can't remember what the club name was called, but literally, like, there was about forty lads punching on with each other for yep. fuck if I know what reason. And then one lad tried to like swing on with me, and I'm just like, I'm like, mate, I'm like, man, I'm Aussie, bro. I don't want nothing to do with this. And he's like, all right, sweet. So he just went to the next fucking. He just started but punching look, with the next lad. I'm just like, fuck, mate. Like, you know, you watch the Green Street Hooligans and like the football factory yeah. and all that shit. But it, it was yeah. almost like that, man. It was almost like they just like mad, mad mentality. Like, oh, we've had fucking 
we're twenty pints deep, so let's just punch on with each other. <laughs> yeah, look, man, I think I think I think the issue is like like obviously it's like I mean I, I think like obviously I think with Australian sport it's 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 probably different as well because like I've seen a lot of footy games where you'll you'll have some Colton fans sitting you know amongst some you know. Magpie fans or some pie fans sitting amongst Richmond fans, and it's like, it's it's not as like fuck you. I'm gonna you know what I mean as as it is in the UK, and I mean I remember a specific situation where I went to watch Liverpool Crystal Palace um, down in in Palace, and it was an FA Cup game and we won two one, and I remember I had like I remember before the game like I went into the pub with the but I was living in London but like I found the pub with the travelling Liverpool supporters. I went in there, fucking loved it, mate. Singing songs, drinking pints, you know, like singing all the Liverpool songs with all these lads, the travelling cop, and then went to the stadium, watched the game. After the game, I went to the train station, but obviously I was buzzing because I was like, fucking just, you know, good game, beat Palace at Palace. Walked to the train station, saw a pub and decided, you know what, let me stop for a pint before I get on the train. I think train is <laughs> in 25 minutes. So I had my jacket on, but I had my Liverpool shirt on, but my jacket on, you know, like over it. So I walk in, have a pint, start having a drink, you know, I start chatting shit to the bar. I start chatting shit to this one lad. And I think he starts like, he can kind of like cop my, my shirt isn't, isn't palace colors. And he's like, you can see he's kind of turns a little bit, like turns his approach to me, you know, and starts speaking to me a little bit different. And then he's like, oh yeah, mate, where are you from? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from South Africa, but I live here in London. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, oh, he's he support. I'm like, oh, Liverpool. And he's like, then he's just face just turns. And oh, then like geez. he can yeah, his face turns. You can see he's like like rearing to go, like fucking like what the fuck are you doing in our pub, you know? So I'm like, fuck, whatever. So I go outside and this lady comes up to me and she's like, Look, mate, I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be I don't want to be shit, but you look too happy to be in here right now. Cause Liverpool had just beaten Palace. And I was like fucking oh, right. catching a punch. Yeah, so she literally comes up to me and said, You look too happy to be in here right now. <laughs> and yeah, it literally bro. like you I can, can see a little bit. Yeah, so you can see a little bit of my Liverpool top and I, like a red, a bright red top. And I was just like, yeah, fair play. And I just didn't even finish my pint. I just put it down because you didn't, you didn't want to get involved because you know that people are going to want to... It's, it's, it's something else, you know, like, like people do... Just, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's easier to walk away, 100%. Yeah. And for them, it's tribalist, right? It's, it's tribalistic, right? It's, it's my city versus my area. It's my part of London. So I'm a Palace fan. That's my part of London. I'm a United. I mean, an, an Arsenal fan. I'm a child. So like, it, it's all, it's all like kind of you defending your territory and you defending this. And like, when you see an outsider come in, it's like, oh, you fucking, you know, scouts bastard or you mank twat. And it's just like, and, and that kind of always has the potential. Yeah. I'm not saying it always turns into that, but it has the potential to turn into that. Well, I saw the, Villa, like, uh, yeah, well, I saw Villa, uh, like, uh, saw Villa in 2014 when I was on that eight month, eight month, uh, backpacker trip around the world, and I was in yeah. five, I was in I was in uh, Birmingham for five weeks, and uh, yeah, similar things happened. Like I, I never obviously had a, a football jersey on, but in saying that, I saw some hardcore fans just get absolutely, completely oh, annihilated in, in the pub, right to the point where they're probably like, it's not just about football, but you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Yeah, you know, they, they use that as an excuse to be violent and. You know, when you're fucking, as I said, 20 pints deep, you know, anything goes. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of an unusual – I wasn't used to it because they – and the thing is, the London lads, like when I say London, I'm, I'm specifically saying the UK in general. Yeah. Um, they're, not, they're not afraid to throw one, mate. Like, they're fucking tough lads. Like, they're, they're fucking a little bit out there, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it doesn't yeah, make it right, it. but, but they, they, they're certainly not scared of taking a backward step, that's for sure. Look, I think I think as international fans, because obviously we got we got roped, we all got roped into football and like Premier League stuff without the actual background knowledge and the actual background experience. So we got roped into it from from afar, you know. So so it was like I watch Liverpool, I enjoy this football club, or I watch this game and I enjoy this league. So we got into it, but we were never made fun of. Like like for example, you know. Back in the days, Man- Manchester, obviously, you know, the whole, the whole rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester and how the whole Manchester Canal took business away from Liverpool and essentially crippled the city. So people from Manchester would make fun of people from Liverpool. So it would be more of a, you're scum as a people, you know, or the people from London being Southerners yeah. would make fun of people from the North. So it was more of a, you know, like, oi, we're better than you as human beings. 
fuck you, you're a scum. So they'd fucking hate each other. And obviously people <laughs> take that personally and people want to start punching, you know, people punch off, like go off about it. And even today, like like Wolves fans were singing it at Everton. You know, they were singing on the, they were singing the, oh, you'll never get a job fan. You'll never get a job song to um to, to Everton fans because the city of Liverpool back in the day was synonymous with, because of that whole um, industrial area was fucked by that Manchester Canal. There was massive unemployment. People were struggling. People were poor. So people still today make fun of people from certain cities based on what happens. And like as an international fan, obviously we don't really yeah. feel it that much. So it's it's like it's like you know you from Australia, like you know you live a really relatively good life. You know, like I'm in South Africa, living okay. You know, relatively good life. I go to the UK. I go there because I in a fortunate enough position to be able to go there. So when someone makes a joke about, oh, you're a scum, you know, you poor, you this and that, it doesn't resonate as much with international fans because no, the very fact that no. we've, been able, we've been able to go and live in another country shows that. So it, it is a different thing. And like, I, I don't know, it is a different thing. And like, I mean, obviously it never excuses fighting and like racial attacks no. or whatever. It, it never excuses any of that shit. But like, I do kind of... <clears throat> see and understand where it comes from it doesn't make it acceptable i don't accept it but i understand it you know like i can be like yeah. i understand why these people fight and why they hate each other they like a lot of people work night like they work dead end jobs like i mean they like i mean i've met some people in, in in london as well who are west ham fans who worked the most dead end of jobs who um you know or their 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 outlet was coming to the pub afterwards and just chatting shit with the people and with you know people and and it's like when you when you when that's all you have, you know, you'll take Saturday with the boys at the football, you know. And it's like the boys so become your, your little, yeah, that's your release. It's your gang. It's who you are. It's your people. And then if you lose or someone else comes into town and you're like, oh fucking them lot. And then it's like, so it, it's a completely yeah. different dynamic that that I think as international fans of these football clubs, you know, like I mean, I watch a bit of NFL, watch a bit of AFL as well. And I can't even begin to understand the rivalry, you know, that you guys would have in Melbourne, for example, with with um, with is it Matt Collingwood, yeah, with Collingwood or, Carl, or yeah, or yeah, exactly. Like I, I can't even begin to. Well, understand the big four here in Victoria. Yeah. So Richmond's. So back in the day, give you a little bit of a historical backdrop. So back in the day, it was the big four clubs before it turned into the national game. The AFL was called the VFL, the Victorian Football League. Yeah, and back in the day, the power clubs were, you know, Richmond, Collingwood, Carlton, and Essendon. They were the they were the, the four main clubs out of the twelve, and they yeah. were all cashed up. And what that what used to happen was, you know, you know, similar, you know, but at an amateur level back then, you know, Carlton would throw fucking exponential dollars at one of our star players, you say Richmond, Collingwood yeah. would be doing the same, and and it'd just be going around in a quadrangle between these four clubs, you know. Each club was trying to steal the best players. Oh, you come here, you know, like brown paper bag type of stuff. So that's why, you know, through the generations, it's so big. That's sort of why when it became a semi-professional sport in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, that's why the rivalry became so big because they kept poaching each other's players through what brown paper bag. Sorry, whatever happened to St Kilda? I thought they were pretty big at some point as well, weren't they? Uh, not really, bro. They've won one flag. They've won one flag in the whole history. So they're. Uh... I know they're, they're shit recently. They're shit recently, but uh, like, um, weren't they at some point like relative, like in the recent? Uh, twenty ten, yeah, twenty oh nine, oh nine, ten. They yeah, 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 that they one, went through know. the oh nine season. They lost one game for the year and then lost the grand final. Yeah, and then in twenty ten they were they finished second on the ladder, and. Yeah. Drew the first grand final and then obviously uh, lost. They got pumped by Collingwood in the second grand final. Um, yeah. So that's just the way the system works now. But they've actually changed that rule. So if it's a drawn grand final these days, uh, it's time on five minutes uh, if that if that event is to happen. So, but yeah, mate. Look, uh, look. Uh, we've been going for. We said we're going to keep it shorter today. We've we've gone yeah. over time, but but the chat's been awesome, and I, I think. This is what we're to keep doing. Keep it making it regular. People, so when I release it, people know that this is what we do, and we're going to talk generally about football. But you know, yeah. about the about the other issues. But you know what? Fuck it. Like that, that's you know, it's got to be talked about, and that's what podcast is all about. And there's going to be different varying issues week to week. But 
that's that and that's the beauty of it. And I love the fact that you're over in South Africa. I'm here in Australia, and you know we've got Fuck different perspectives of sports going on in between. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. But um, yeah, mate, make sure you you, uh, you post this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty much edit this straight away and and send it. Uh, so yeah, mate, make sure you get up on your page. Tell your lads because I've yeah. actually noticed the uh, people listening to this podcast around about thirty followers at the minute, which is good. Yeah, um, that's a start for us, and um, but it's it's varying all over the world. United Arab Emirates. Uh, there's a few New Zealanders tuning in. Uh, oh, nice. Yanks. Yeah. Um, there's oh, a couple yeah, of Canadians yeah. as well. Nice. Uh, so obviously, clearly, by you sharing it, it, it broadens the uh, the, uh, the international view. Spe- yeah, the, well, the spectrum of, of the podcast. So I think we've got good. Uh, I think we've built good rapport in the last three weeks, and um, mate, uh, it's been great chatting to you again, and and you know. Connecting with you again, mate, because you are you are a good lad, and I, I hope to uh, mate next year. I don't know where you're going to be, but I hope maybe somehow we can reconnect and, as we say, you know, uh, get twenty points deep in a pub somewhere around the world. <laughs> yeah, it depends when. Um, so you said you're going to the Euros next year, yeah? Yeah, bro. Yep. It just, it just depends when, because I've got to be. Um, my mate's getting married in Spain in um, September, so I'll probably be in Europe around August, September, anyways. But. I think the Euros are in June, July, so might just miss that. But we'll see. Look, we'll have a look. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously kind of coordinate what we can, but we'll see, bro. Too easy, Bean. Bean, yeah, uh, fantastic. We know Bean talking EPL week number three. Thanks for tuning and listening and uh, keep sharing. Keep loving it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, Bean. Have, have a great Cheers, week. Winner. Thank you very much, bro. Have no a good worries, day. brother. Cheers. Ciao, brother. Boy, Vendor, over you. Bye. Bye.